We are in the midst of a faculty preaching series on various forms of idolatry or isms. The particular idolatry I have been assigned is omnism. Not onnism, as keeps appearing in various announcements over the past few weeks. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, the word omnism, derived from Latin omni, or all, was first used in 1839 by the otherwise obscure and forgotten English poet Philip J. Bailey, who wrote, I am an ominous and believe in all religions. Nowadays, the word is used more broadly to denote a pluralistic approach to religious matters, one that opposes strict dogmatic formulations and that seeks harmony and agreement among religions rather than discord. The omnist, then, is neither theist nor atheist, but a kind of all-theist. This raises the inevitable question, is omnism true? The answer is no. <laughs> discovered by patient exploration and attentiveness to each other's faith. 
The well-kept secret about interreligious dialogue is that it is very, very difficult. It is hard work. The omnibus then is able to affirm all religions by adopting a position safely above them. He treats religious truths like so many options on the menu at a fast food restaurant. Have it your way, they say at Burger King. It is a quintessentially postmodern attitude toward truth. Omnism says that it values all faiths, whereas, whereas in reality it devalues all of them, treating them as so much raw material for one's own spiritual project. This is why omnism is, not to put too fine a point on it, an extremely boring creed. No match for the extraordinary story that begins with the words, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and concludes with, even so come, Lord Jesus. But you see, what I've just done is fallen into the trap that awaits any preacher who dares to relate the gospel to contemporary culture. And every preacher has to do that in some form or another. And by the way, your faculty was well aware of this trap when we planned this preaching series on Hades. We talked about it. The trap is that in relating Christian faith to isms, we will begin to talk about the ism more than the gospel. And in the course of doing that, we will end up justifying ourselves in one way or another. That is, we will attack the ism from a secure standpoint of knowing that we are in the right and others are wrong. This is not a very biblical outlook. The problem with Baal, for example, is not that the Canaanites worshipped him, but that Israel did. So too with Omnism. The problem with Omnism is not that all those footloose individualists out there want to believe anything and everything. The problem is that we Christians want to do that. Not as an intellectual position either, but as the foundation for a whole way of life. It is we who want to follow Jesus and have our middle-class lifestyle. Follow Jesus and have a successful career. Maybe in the church. Follow Jesus and maintain our pet ideology or political program or scheme for saving the world. The way the Galatians thought they could worship both Christ and the elemental forces of the cosmos. Who are the omnists? We are the omnists. The people who never saw a boat and we didn't like. In the immortal words of Cohen, we have met the enemy, and he is us. And what will save us from our omnism? Neither us nor our theological critique of omnism, necessary as that may be. The only one who saves us from our self-constructed idols is the Lord God, whose coming our reading from Isaiah 48 announces. The word monotheism fails to do justice to these latter chapters of Isaiah in which the Church has always heard the strains of the Gospel. Not just that there is one God, but that the Lord himself comes among us, is Isaiah's message. The Lord comes, putting the world on notice that he will not tolerate any rivals. Listen to me, O Jacob, and Israel, whom I called. I am he, I am the first, and I am the last. My hand laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I call them, they stand forth 
Assemble, all of you, and listen. Who among them has declared these things? The Lord loves him. He shall perform his purposes on Babylon, and his arm shall be against the columns. This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is the coming of God. This is the terrible swift sword of his either or, putting an end to the hopeless compromises of our both ends. And when God comes, the idols flee away. The good news is that omnism is not our fate. So next time you are tempted to bow down before an idol, remember who you are. You are a Christian. You do not worship 